It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. Nice to have you with us again here on uh, Saturday morning. Tim Hughes and Russ Smith from Sky Call in satellite. In satellite. <laughs> <laughs> I got satellite on the brain here because yeah. we've got phones yeah, all got over lot, the place. Got a lot going on. It's that time of year. We yeah. we have Navinovskis up there on the Middle Fork mm-hmm. uh, and uh, still have fingers crossed we can make that connection and hold it long enough yeah. to have several you know segments of a conversation with him. Uh, but we also have John Taylor from the Hunts for the Brave who checked in with us last week. Mm-hmm. He's up in Alaska, right? Um, yeah, at a fishing the, yeah, lodge up there. I had the name of the island. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but uh, we haven't been able to make that contact yet. Hopefully we will be able to. But Doug Cooley is also yeah. with us. And lucky today, he's actually on the cell phone, not the sat phone. So we need to find out where you're at, Doug. Last week we checked in and shared uh, just the uh, beginnings of a conversation about this motorcycle ride that you're on. Where are you this week? Okay, we have made it through Anchorage, and we went down the Kenai Peninsula all the way down to Homer. Went out on the Homer Spit, and that's not a mispronunciation. It's called the Homer Spit. (laughs) And we went to the world-famous Salty Dog Saloon. There you go. And and had our diet coat. (laughs) And then we returned back to Slovakia as a famous for the Kenai River. You're standing on the road or near the road? Sounds like cars keep passing. Yeah, we were on the side of the road. We pulled over uh, a ways out of the city. And if we give it just a minute, there's some traffic that's now gone by. Yeah, right, good. we we may have to wait until we get you in a more quiet place, actually, because it's really hard to hear you. Well, we're on the Kenai Peninsula. Yeah. Got that part. Uh, do you, do you know why they? <laughs> uh, well, we're headed to Seward. I was going to ask you, do you happen to know why they call it the Homer Spit? Uh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Spit, well, a spit is a thin, thin piece of land that extends out past the point, and that that helps keep the the surf and stuff from busting through. But it's a natural thing. All right, I just never heard that before. Be, I guess they can build them too. It's a breakwater, yeah, so to speak. So, how is that ride getting to where you're at today? Uh, it's a little cloudy, but we are expecting we go over we go over Moose Pass. On our way to Seward. It's supposed to be beautiful. I would imagine the drive just to get to where you're at's been beautiful, right? It has been spectacular. The high mountains and glaciers on every mountain, it seems like it's spectacular. 
We've ridden now 3,600 miles, hmm. and technically we're in the ninth day, and so we're technically on our way home. Oh, technically, but uh, it's but, a long, long way from <laughs> it's a long way from where you're at. Yeah, we're still seven days, eight days away from home. So. What do you have about a little over 2,500 miles to get home from there? Uh, yeah, maybe 3,000. Yeah. 3,000. <laughs> but it looks like such a small state yeah. on the map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Hey, when we talked to you last week, you were uh, headed to Jasper. Since uh, both Russ and I have been there, I'm kind of curious about your thoughts of uh, spending a little time in Jasper. It's absolutely beautiful. That's the Jasper National Park area and Columbia Ice Fields, and it's just spectacular. It's amazing how beautiful it is. Did you get the chance to take the uh, little sky ride up the, the cable car up the, the mountain when you were there or no? No. No, we don't take time for that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> That's funny. That that's typical motorcycle driver talk, you know, a motorcycle yeah, yeah. rider talk. Nope, no time for that. We got a we got a ride to make here. How has the air been? It seems like every time I'm up there, it's it's smoky from forest fires. Every year they have forest fires in Alaska. Did you run into a lot of smoke up there, Doug? It hasn't been smoky at all. Today's a little cloudy. Yesterday was. Sunny day with high of 72. Haven't even seen any rain. What other sites have you seen along the way from Jasper to where you are today? Oh, we went Skagway. Oh, yeah. And took the ferry from Skagway down to Haines and then came back up to Haines. Yeah, that's great. When we made our run to Canada, we had what two crossings? I think on the motorcycle. Yeah, we did. That was that was a good part. That which uh, really being able to that. being able yeah. to pull your mo- motorcycle out onto a ferry is an experience yeah. not everybody gets to get. So that that I'm sure was one of the highlights. Absolutely, I down the Skagway. You're going to be staying in Anchorage tonight, or no? To Copper Center, the highway that leads. Down to Valdez. Okay. So go to Valdez of any city, or I mean any canyon we've gone down. Hey, tell us about the uh, Top of the World Road. We didn't do Top of the World. That's a dirt road. Well, that yeah, and you mentioned before you were going to do Top of the World, and I wondered about that. Yeah, not not good yeah. to do that on full dress Harleys. No, it isn't. Put some knobbies that on goes and go. Chicken to Dawson right, City, right. and we opted not to do that. Good. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a little scary, actually. I'm not sure I'd be up for that. Uh, I'd be up for it on an adventure bike of some yeah, kind, yeah. but not not the full dress Harley. All right, so you leave here, then what? We're headed to Seward, and then Valdez, and then it's heading on the Alcan Highway. All right, so there's still plenty, of, still plenty of adventure coming. We do. Still got miles to put on. And the machines are running fine? You feel good? Yes, they're great. No problems at all. We're on schedule. We've met every motel that we had planned to wow. stay at, so 
The schedule is perfect. All right. Well, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, riding safe, taking in beautiful views, and uh, still more to come. That You can't ask for more. Doug, ride safe. Uh, you'll be home by this time next week, or you don't know? We get home on Wednesday, the 26th. All right. So you've got one week left. Continue to ride safe. Thanks for sharing some of your uh, adventure with us. Well, and we apologize for the noise. <laughs> That's okay. I understand. People that have not ridden uh, big touring motorcycles wouldn't appreciate this, but just pulling the motorcycle off of the pavement onto uh, you know, the edge of the yeah, road off it, safe, yeah. uh, is tough sometimes to even get it back up onto the pavement. So you, you don't want to go too far away from the road. And uh, we can appreciate that because we've been there, done that ourselves. Thanks for checking in, Doug. We appreciate it. All right. Yeah, thanks a lot, Doug. Thank you. My family's enjoyed listening to you. <laughs> good. That's good. Uh, they'll be happy to know you are riding safe and doing well. So, anyway, we apologize for the noise of the cars and trucks, but there's not much you can do about I, it. I want to blame it on the microphone in his helmet. What, was it? Was, it oh, he, it was canceling out his voice when the cars were Oh, out, maybe so, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's much you can do about that. Yeah. It doesn't matter now. Anyway, uh, nice, to know they're, week. nice to know they're doing okay, and maybe we'll do a follow-up with him next yeah. week when they get back. All right, we need to take a break, so we will do that. We'll come back with more of uh, this week's KSL Outdoors Radio Still got fingers crossed we can make that connection. Navi, as I said earlier, did leave a couple of messages on my phone last night. (laughs) I had already gone to bed, and he probably just lost track of what day it was. So you actually went to bed and slept. Yeah, I did. I I didn't know you did that. (laughs) Well, from time to time, uh, for a few hours here and there. Uh, But he he left some frustrated uh, messages for me. But when I get him on the phone, I'll remind him today is the day we had said we were actually going to connect. All right, we'll take that break and come back with more in just a minute. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought... I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Papa was a fishing man. Papa was a fishing man. Loved his cars and his steel guitars. Papa was a fishing man. I might have to do this by myself. Ooh, wee. A fishing man. Speaking of the fishing man uh, in Navidowska's absence, and by the way, we did make contact with uh, the group. They're still on the water, about 80 miles in or something, somewhere around there. We'll clarify if we can hold the signal long enough. With uh, Navi and the entire crew, there's about 17 of them that are making their way down the uh, middle fork of the salmon. It sounds like they're having an absolute blast. Although they've had some mishaps along the way that he has promised to tell us about. Uh, So I'll throw in some fish bites notes here real quick on something that the Division of Wildlife Resources talked about. And then we'll keep our fingers crossed that we make the connection. And uh, we'll share the next half hour on the uh, middle fork of the salmon with you. What we're talking about, though, is related to the hot weather. And it has to do with handling fish and giving yourself the best opportunity to go out and actually be successful on a fishing day. 
First and foremost, and I guess this goes without saying, even on uh, regular days, it can get into the 80s and and, uh, around 90 degrees. You want to fish early in the mornings or evenings when the temperatures are cooler and just skip midday fishing. Take that siesta. You know, throw a line out early and uh, go take a nap in the afternoon or enjoy a sandwich in a shady area and then go back at it in the evening. That goes without saying and is probably good advice just about any time. Pick a fishing spot that has deeper, cooler water so you can release the fish you catch into an area where they're most likely to survive. We have talked a little bit about this. Navi has mentioned it, but you really have to be careful about how long and how, in general, you uh, handle fish when you do uh, catch them. Make sure you avoid some stagnant, shallow water because the heat, obviously, is already taking a toll on these fish, particularly if you're stream fishing. And uh, oxygen levels are also down in those waters, and so you you need to make sure that you don't add to any of that stress and give them the best opportunity on a catch and release. Navi mentioned this last week. You want to go to high-elevation water bodies where temperatures are cooler, both for you and for the fish. It's going to make it a more enjoyable day for you, I'm sure. But uh, the fish are ha- – and we've had good reports, by the way, up in the Uintas – where you can uh, find temperatures in the 80s during the day, maybe even upper 70s in some spots, and the kids will have a great time with uh, catching those uh, fish that have been well-stocked in the early summer months. Minimize, and this is what we talked about a second ago, minimize handling time for cold water fish species and try to avoid, avoid posing and snapping photos during the heat of the day. Keep them in the water as much as possible, which kind of spoils the fun. But if you've got somebody there, a fishing buddy with you, whether that's a son, daughter, husband, wife, whatever it is, brother, um, keep the fish in the water and get the picture as best you can from that angle. This is something I uh, had not heard recommend, uh, recommended before, but sounds like a smart idea. Carry a thermometer. Anybody out there have a thermometer in your uh, tackle box? <laughs> Carry a thermometer and call it quits for the day when the water surface temperature reaches 70 degrees. If you don't have one, just watch the fish. And if they seem really lethargic, it's probably too warm to be fishing. Navi surprised even me, was it last week or the week before, and he was talking about, uh, you know, we're done. Uh, With these temperatures and the water levels and everything else, we are done with stream and and river fishing, although I know most of you aren't going to give that up. But it it is a time when uh, it's really stressful for the fish to be doing it in the heat of the day. Uh, Using heavier tackle is something that comes up on this list of suggestions. And make an effort to reel in your fish as quickly as possible. Again, back to putting as little stress as possible on those fish because they're already pretty taxed. Make sure and wet your hands before handling fish. That's something we talk about not just uh, in the heat of the summer, but really anytime. And try to keep the fish in the water when you remove the hook for all the same reasons that we talked about with uh, getting that uh, CPR, as we like to call it, the uh, catch, photograph, and release. Do that as much as possible in the water. There's some good tips if you just want to go to uh, wildlife.utah.gov. I know they've got them listed there on the Division of Wildlife Resources website. All right, some notes there, uh, just handy tips to keep in mind during these hot, hot days, especially this weekend with Saturday, Sunday, 104, 105 expected. Fingers crossed. We'll uh, check in on the Skycall satellite phone after a news update at the top of the hour and uh, talk a little fishing, but learn more about what it's like to actually 
win that lottery of a permit to make your way down the middle fork of the salmon. Stay with us. Hour number two is coming up. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.